Hey everyone, it's Brian. It's, um, what is it? It's Tuesday night, and uh, I have a couple guests here with me. And, um, well, yeah, they're house guests. You've already heard from one of them. That would be Mr. Jack Morrison. And we have a brand new guest to the show. Amalia. Yeah, we got Amalia on tonight, too. So um, so I thought it'd be fun for Jack and Amalia to give us a little uh, rundown of what life is like in COVID-19 lockdown and, and school, um, with school not happening and friends not happening. And I mean, friends are still happening, but they're having to get creative to, to do it. So Amalia, since we haven't heard from you yet, how are you enjoying, or what do you think so far of being out of school? It's fun because I don't do all the things that are very, 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 very tricky in that school, which is right across the street called Doyle Heights, where I go, and my brother. Okay, so what does that mean you don't do all the really tricky things? Because you're pretty, you're a good student, right? Yes, but I don't have my base 10 blocks. Sometimes they get really tricky. Oh, so mom's... Mom's been homeschooling you for the most part. She hasn't been doing base 10 blocks. Yeah. Oh, man. So should I tell mom that she needs to do more base 10 blocks? No! Must be a bummer. <laughs> and then, um, but is mom doing a pretty good job of homeschooling? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Jack, how about you? What do you think of being out of school right now? Uh, I, think it, I think it's, like, kind of weird because, um... Like, um, now I think of school, like, it keeps us, like, contained and not, like, cuckoo crazy because, um, uh, my dad just, um, like, my dad just did, like, a meeting a couple minutes ago, and at the very end of it, um, me and Amalia kind of went cuckoo. <laughs> yeah, so we're, um, we're still trying to, um, put on training programs in the store, and, uh, well, they're not in the store, but. Our stores, Fleet Feet Seattle, Ballard and Capitol Hill, put on training programs. And um, we have a half and full marathon training program that have not actually gotten the chance to meet yet as a group. Because when the first scheduled practice um, coincided with the first um, sort of restriction of group gatherings. And um, arguably we were a little conservative um, there was nothing yet banned by the state with that first, what would have been our first practice and the second practice. But, um, from the get go, we've been really conservative about it. And I think as more time passes and we learn more and more about the coronavirus and COVID-19, um, I'm really proud of those decisions that we made at the start of our program. But anyways, um, I digress. The, the program is still happening, and the coaching that we are doing, myself and Lindy, is uh, via YouTube. So we're doing YouTube live chats twice a week, and so that's what the kids were referring to tonight. I was um, doing a live chat with the training program, and, uh, and right in the last like 
three or four minutes, they uh, descended from upstairs and started flashing hands in the back of the screen and feet, and then ultimately came over and said hi, and and then it just completely unraveled from there. So, um, so what did we do earlier tonight, guys? Uh... Uh, we did a massive polar plunge in freezing cold golden gardens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fun, right? Yeah. I so, mean, it wasn't as cold as I thought it would be, but it was still pretty cold. Yeah, so we live in uh, North Ballard in uh, Seattle, for those that may be listening outside of this area. And uh, we don't live all that far away from Golden Gardens, which is a park down right on Puget Sound. And so um, tonight we actually drove down and the park itself is closed to traffic. So we didn't, we can't drive into the park, but we parked as close as we could and then ran down to the beach and jumped into Puget Sound just because it's kind of what I've been doing myself for the last several days, although I skipped yesterday. Um, I don't know why I started doing it. It's just exhilarating and in a time of kind of crisis and and um in you know fear and whatever else is kind of holding us down right now it just feels really great to to do something that just completely makes you feel alive and exhilarated and you guys felt that right it, it feels pretty yeah. good yeah but the polar plunge is very cold but very fun yeah but, yeah I and mean, amalia what did you tell me you were going to do tomorrow um, Dad can wake me up, and then he, I'll do a polar plunge with him. So you want to do the run and everything with me? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, when I did the polar plunge, I, um, I was thinking about going, putting my whole body underwater. It's just the moment I stepped in, I got kind of cold, so I just watched my dad put his um, dive in. Yeah, but you guys, you both went in over your shoulders. Yeah. And that's what we decided was a full plunge. So yeah. you don't have to go head in. <laughs> yeah. For all I know, it might be bad to go head in. You know, my my mouth and nose and eyes are potentially the coronavirus is living in the sound and it's getting, oh no. Um, no, there's probably more concern of like fecal contamination or whatever. Run off from. <laughs> Anyways, um, so so what else? Like you guys, how are you two getting along so far? Um, playing with Legos, really. No, no, no. I mean, like getting along with one another. But yes, there's been a lot of Lego time, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of good. Yeah, good. Kind of good. Yeah, I'd you... say you two have mostly been getting along. Um. Sibling fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's been some sibling fights. How about, um, what did we do on Sunday that was pretty fun? Uh, um, <laughs> do you remember oh, yeah. which day was yeah. Sunday? Was it the scavenger hunt day? Yeah. Yeah, so oh, Jack, yeah. why don't you tell us about the, uh, the scavenger hunt? Okay, so um, I really love playing with Legos, which is kind of a known fact about me, if you know me. But, um, and, and then... Malia wanted to do an escape room, and she kept asking uh, my mom if she could make the house an escape room. And then, uh, I don't know what um, my mom said, but, um, oh, she said yes. Um, and, 
And then Dad got an idea of doing like a Lego escape room, which yeah, is well, and it's a little like, tricky yeah. to actually lock you up in a room and <laughs> yeah. then have you escape. So it, it became kind of more of a scavenger hunt, right? Yeah, more like a, an escape house. Um, and and since our favorite band is Pearl Jam, um, the last clue led to um led to the bathroom which was a locked door but we but there's this like but we can use like hair ties or wait what are they no they call them bobby pins bobby pins to get in and um the last clue had a bobby pin so we knew like and we know that we knew that the door was locked because we tried to open it um and on one of the clues and then we opened it and it was locked so in the clue on that card we didn't even need to read it, and we just went straight to the um, bathroom. But the clue said, "Take um, this key to where ye pee." Yeah, take this key to where ye pee. <laughs> and then we knew exactly where to put it. And, yeah. And well, then I the, had a f- I had fun making those yeah. clues. And wait, wait, wait. And then um, and then the and then it led to like a pearl like Lego um Lego people. Um, do, um, like Lego Pearl Jam people, not like the real Pearl Jam Lego sets. Even though I don't even know if they're a thing, but my dad just got creative with um Legos and he started putting guys together to make them look like like um to make them look like the Pearl Jam. Yeah, so that was like fun. ultimately the fun. The, fun. the payoff, right? Was that you had to find five five Lego minifigs, which yeah. represented. Me, mommy, Jack, Amalia, and then our dog Kiwi. Kiwi. And then once you found all those by following the clues, then the family got treated to a private Pearl Jam yeah. concert, right? Yeah. And so when you opened up the bathroom and you saw Pearl Jam, then I played it on my phone. I played Gigaton, right? The Yeah. The newest album. Yeah. So, um, and Amalia, you found one of the clues that was really hard. Do you remember which one that was? Yeah. So, it, um, it, so it was, we had a compass to see where... North. North was. And we used a compass to see where north was. And um, we looked over at the plum tree, and then we saw a shovel. And we started climbing the plum tree, and then Jack told me... Well then, I said, "Can I, I should look in the? I should look by, by, by the shovel." Well, I said, um, "Molly, you look by the shovel because maybe that's a clue because it said construction site." But I honestly thought Molly had put it there because the day before Molly had started digging holes looking for worms. Um and and when I did. I dug, and then I saw something white, and I was like, that seems like paper. And I was like, that's another hint, clue. And then I saw a little Lego thing, that, and it was another guy. And then, I was like, and then it said, take this light, and this is the only light you can use. And I was like, what light? And I dug farther down. And well, it was no, I dug. I dug there. Like, once, you, once we read, um, once we read that it said, Use only this light to see the next clue um, by the propeller, which was a clue that we were stumped on. Um, I was like, Molly said, where's the light? And I 
looked back and the light was like a foot deep. So but then I, I grabbed it out. Yeah. No, so I grabbed it. what was it? It was, a, it was a headlamp, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So was that pretty fun? Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was super fun. It was really fun for me to create it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, let's see what else Amalia Jack's been on. So he got to talk a little bit about his running, but you're a runner too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're what's, um, what's your favorite run that you've done? Do you have a favorite or a run that you're most proud of? Mm-mm. Just all your runs? Yeah. Do you like running? And races. And races, yeah. Because I've done the turkey trot, the big run. Uh, I've done a few um, top pops. Top pops. Yeah, yeah. So you've run as. Oh, and as... I've done a a run with adults, and it was just me and my brother as kids. Which it, one was that? I'm trying to think. It's the one that we went from a uh, ballad store to Secret Beach. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, for the store, the Ballard store opening party. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. You guys were the only two kids out there, I think, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, there was like, there was like 20. There were other kids that came yeah. to the party. Yeah, like, in, like, there was like, um, about like a quarter of fourth grade, which is the grade I'm in right now, came and, I'm, and I thought that was awesome because then I got to play with my friends there. Yeah. All right, well, so to wrap up, I mean, what do you guys think? Are you um, are you really bored right now, or are you actually, are you, I don't mean right this second, but just <laughs> in terms of life right now, are you guys bored, or are you actually kind of, are Mommy and I doing an okay job of keeping you educated and entertained? Um, it's really fun for Jack, because he's making bracelets from rubber bands. Uh, yeah, they're loom brands, but they're tiny. <laughs> Like he's made super he's made one two three four seven yeah seven. jack's been a prolific little worker on his um wristbands no, um, oh. okay so um but life's good you guys are having fun yeah yeah staying healthy mm-hmm. um you're both you've started to do some zoom meetings with friends right today i did one with zach jack did one with ian tomorrow i'm doing one with sophie yeah. Yeah. And a few days ago, I did one with Charlotte and Willa, my friends. And then before then, I did one with, I did a few with Pippa and Helen, <coughs> which are my some of my other friends. Yeah. And then I'm going to do one with Hannah soon, but, but Sophie. Yeah, first because it's tomorrow. Cool. Okay. Well, last thing, um, because this is, after all, BMO's running podcast. podcast. Um, we were watching a decade on, not that long ago, before the lockdown, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, do you two remember much about that? Like when you <laughs> see yourselves on the track, do you remember that? Amalia, do you remember that at all? Like your little feet are going so fast trying to keep up. Yeah. Do you remember that or do you just remember it from the movie? I kind of remember that. But at one point you put me on your shoulders. I did because Jack was starting to gap us. And, then, and I wanted <laughs> us all to finish at the same time. And Jack turned it into a race. He's like, I'm going to be the first one across <laughs> Ooh, that Oh, then you put me down and I just went, yeah, and I won. 
Yeah. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I won. I won. I won. I won. I won. Okay. 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 I won. Okay. I won. But how about you, Jack? You're a couple years older. Do you remember that at all? It's three years. I mean, I remember. Yes, I know. Three years. Like I said on my last video, I did. I remember spitting on the belt buckle when my dad finished, and my mom was my mom was tired, so she took a nap. But it was all super sunny. So the only sunny place um, there was, or the only shady place there was, was under like, um, uh, like, uh, what are they called? The bob, right? The stroller. Yeah, the stroller yeah. that yeah. Um, was it the carried Amalia. Me? Yeah, it was, well, it was a hand-me-down. It was Jack's and then it was yours. Well, we both ridden it because it was, I mean, necessarily, it could you only fit one. You rode in the front where my legs were supposed it to It could go. only fit one person, but uh, I made it fit two people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, thank you both for coming on tonight. You're welcome. And bye. Uh, um, bye. <laughs> From BMO's Running Podcast. And next time we do a BMO's Running Podcast, I'll probably be on it again. I think it's a little too early to say that. I mean, like, I think we're going to say it, like, right now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 All right, well, I hope you enjoyed Jack and Amalia. They were really excited to be on tonight. And uh, I hope you're not too distracted by them in the background. Rough housing upstairs right now with Andrea. Um, you know, our house is only so big, and I don't have a studio to record this in. And uh, so, yeah, you just might have to deal with a little bit of squealing and um, shrieking and playfulness in the background. But um, I thought I would just tell a quick little story about... My third running of the Chuckanut 50K, which was in 2004. So for those of you that have been listening, you'll know that um, Chuckanut in 2002 was the first ultra that I ever ran. And it really set off a love for trail running and particularly trail ultra running. From there, I went on and ran um, the Baker Lake 50K and then the Mount Sai 50K. And I went back to run Chuckanut in 2003 in kind of a transition period in my life where I was graduated from school, from college, and not yet in any sort of career path and living at home with my mom in Anacortes and having little to no direction or goals other than running well at Chuckanut. And I went ahead and, uh, I went ahead and ran the race and ultimately DNF'd there. And that was hugely disappointing. So then I went back the next year in 2004 and had what was arguably my, uh, my breakout race. And that felt really great to have come back from um, my first DNF at that point in 2004 to have a really strong race, or rather in 2003, to come back and have a really strong race in 2004. And um, there aren't a lot of details that I remember about the race. It was just before I was still working at Vertical World at the time. So I was climbing a bunch. I was running a lot. I was running Sundays with the Seattle Running Company group. Um, I was really fit. I was riding my bike to and from work, running to and from work. I didn't have a car. Living in Seattle at the time. And uh, I don't remember much about the race until the very end. And uh, but I had a great day. 
And so I went out um, hard, but not overly hard, and um, and was just kind of picking people off all day long. And when I cl- when I got to the um, the top of Chuckanut Mountain the second time, um, after coming up little chin scraper, I began the descent down down Cleeter Road, and then as I made the turn onto the, off toward, um, like, the, the Fragrance Lake Road, I caught the, uh, maybe he was the first place runner at that point. That's right. Yeah, I caught Brian Wick, who uh, was at that point leading the race. And so, and I was feeling phenomenal already, but then leading Chuckanut, um, as you might imagine, was exhilarating. And so all of a sudden I was able to kick into this, just a whole nother gear. And Brian was really great. I think he was from Montana and we talked a little bit. And, you know, of course, I liked him immediately when I found out his name was Brian and spelled the correct way with an I-A-N. No offense to the Y's out there, but... um, Really great guy. We talked a little bit, and then I continued to um, press on the the downhill down the Fragrance Lake Road. Got to the inner urban, and I'm still leading the race. And I thought, oh man, this is it. I'm gonna win. You know, my um, I had won the the Mount Sai 50k with like 30 runners, um, so I had tasted victory. And I thought, well, here it is. This is my triumphant homecoming back to the Chuckanut 50K where it all began uh, after DNFing last year. Here it comes. And so I'm, I'm cruising back on the, the inner urban and I'm feeling pretty strong and pretty good about my race. And all of a sudden, I hear a little pitter-patter, pitter-patter, pitter-patter behind me. And I didn't even need to look back. I knew exactly who it was because this is his MO always. William Emerson always, always, always finished finished strong, at um, particularly in his prime. And sure enough, he pulled up alongside me and was kind enough to chat with me for a little while. I'm sure he could have just blown right past me. But uh, William caught me, and I knew immediately. I was like, well... I guess I'm racing for second place at this point because this, again, was William's M.O. He was an incredibly, incredibly tough closer back in the day. And um, and also there was, he had a real mental advantage over me too because I I really looked up to William. He's, um, I don't know, probably 10 years at least older than me and um, maybe even, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to... Um, disrespect him and his age, but he's at least 10 years my senior. And um, he was one of those runners when I first started running with the Seattle Running Company crew. I always looked up to William, um, super talented, incredible local runner and even like national level runner at his prime. Um, But he caught me and... I'm sure he knew that I didn't stand a chance of running with him at that point. And, uh, but again, he was kind enough to run a few moments with me. And 
one of the things that really sticks out that uh, I chuckle about now, and I don't mean to poke any fun, but uh, but I will because he beat me that day. So <laughs> we're running along, and William's like an outdoorsy guy, and as far as I can tell, has a real good sense of direction and navigation and bearings and all this. But we're running along uh, the interurban, which is, you know, parallel to Chuckanut Drive, which also happens to be right along the Chuckanut Bay, actually, where we were. And he, um, you know, as we're running back toward Fairhaven, he looks out to his left and my left and he says, hey, Brian, what lake is that out there? (laughs) And I just, (laughs) even in the moment, I think I probably shook my head and laughed. I was like, William, that is not a lake. That's Chuckanut Bay. And, you know, that's the sound out there. That is not a lake. And, uh, you know, as William, you know, always was just like stone-faced, like, huh, okay. You know, there's never any sort of level of embarrassment or um, even much emotion from him, really. He's um, Scott Jurek and uh, some others... Scott McCubrey too. That I don't know who actually assigned him the nickname, but they knew him as they all called him the alien. Um, so, anyways, the alien caught me there with about three miles to go, and went on to to beat me by, I'm sure, a few if not a handful of minutes. Um, I did hang on for second place and. And even that to go back to Chuckanut, the first my first fifty k, and um, the one that I had the one and only race that I had dropped from the year prior to come back and finish in second place was completely thrilling, and uh, and it was an exhilarating experience all the way around, and I think I ran. Oh, I must have run like 408 or 409. So it was a huge PR for me on that course too. Because the first year, if memory serves, I ran like 515. And then um, the second year, of course, I just miscalculated nutrition and and pacing and all that and blew up and dropped. So, um, so all in all, it was a fantastic race. But I just... Um, I completely, you know, I got so caught up in thinking, oh, wow, here it goes. I'm going to win this race. I completely forgot about the, really the the biggest threat in the field who always came on strong at the end, which was William Emerson. Um, and I'm tempted to share another William Emerson story right now, but I'll save that one for uh, a later podcast. But um, anyways, that was my... Uh, I guess third time's a charm run at Chuckanut in 2004 when I finished second place there. So um, I think I'll conclude with that. I hope you all are having uh, well, a good evening or a good morning when you listen to this or a good middle of the day. Um, hopefully you're staying safe and staying healthy and staying properly apart from one another and still running and moving and getting outside and getting that fresh air. And uh, thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.